You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thank you for uh, listening to the show and telling your friends and stealing their phones and subscribing and all that jazz. We thank you. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It's been helping so much. Do not say I want to quit. You don't want to quit. I don't want to quit. Wanna quit I just but want... you just might have to. No. I don't want to quit. I want to keep the show going. It's doing well. We just need more listeners. So I'm asking my listeners to get their friends to listen and subscribe and write reviews. And that will help and keep it free, right? Yes. Otherwise, people are going to start having to pay like $10 a month to listen to this. <laughs> That's not true. I mean, Is that for possible? you to keep this nice house. You think it's nice? It doesn't have a pool or anything. I'm not like a... Like a I mean, we know, could I'm start... Not a, an, I'm not an A-lister. We could start a GoFundMe for yeah. just your mortgage. Dax has a big pool, doesn't he? Um, He's got a pool. Hey, we got a great podcast today. Who is it, Rob? Uh, it's Matthew Lewis. Matthew Lewis, Neville Longbottom from the Harry Potter movies. He's done a lot of stage work, done a lot of TV. He lives out in L.A. We've got a great story. He, uh, I flew in. We met at a convention. I flew into uh, London. He picked my brother and I up, drove us to Leeds. On the way, we stopped at the old Harry Potter Lodge or whatever the hell they call it. where they Hogwarts? Well, yeah, where the real place where they shot it, the studios at the time. And I got to meet all the owls and see all the sets before the... the you got to meet owls? Meet at meet owls. You got to meet some owls? Yeah, it was pretty cool. All the original owls. It was dope. Were they nice? They were, were they really nice. Big ego or... No, but he's a, he's a super guy. He loves rugby. Um, he loves the Arctic Monkeys. We were driving up there. It's pretty good at softball. Oh, yeah. he pl- Yeah, he played softball with us. Him and his wife came. And uh, yeah, we just... Uh, we had, You know, he's a great... He was just at the Super Bowl party. Uh, that I had. He wants to have a poker night. He's a gambler. He wants to come over to my house and play poker and take my money. So Matthew Lewis, he's 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 fantastic. You're going to love this interview. Um, I did. I love this. I think he's a genuine dude. And uh, I was saying he likes the Arctic Monkeys. But when I asked him in the car, I go, what do you listen to? He goes, Arctic Monkeys. His accent's so thick. I'm like, what? Arctic Monkeys. I'm sure he would appreciate this in person. Yeah, he would. He would. I fuck with him all the time. Let's get inside Matthew Lewis. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. I know I always say this is it's awesome to have certain guests on, but I'd say we have a little bit of a history. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's a, it's a good history. A lot of a big gaps. It's longer than I than I thought it was. I had to sit down and, and, and piece it together. Um, like when we were chatting together in Australia, like what was like two years ago, two yeah. three years ago. Yeah. We were even in Australia. At a convention, a signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but then our relationship goes way back. It goes way back. Way back. We, we can get into that. Matthew David Lewis. David Lewis. <laughs> thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Oh my today. pleasure. Yes, this Pleasure is, a real is all treat. mine. So we met, like you said, well, we met at Dragon Con. Oh, wow. Okay. In Atlanta. Yep. And you were with your brother, yep. Anthony. Correct. Are you closer with Anthony than Chris? Um, probably, but only because we, we lived together in Leeds for a bit, where we're from. And then we lived together in London for a couple of years. And, um, and so, and obviously sharing the same profession because he's an actor as well. That kind of, I guess, brought us closer but as as a family like we're all we're all pretty tight we're all pretty close so take me back to like growing up you you, you weren't born in leeds you were born in yeah leeds. you were yeah did you move or that was that it um so yeah i was i was uh born uh in the house that my parents are still in <laughs> uh i mean not literally in the house 
I was in the hospital, but then I was, you know, I what do you mean they're in the hospital? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was born in a hospital. Oh, you were born. I wasn't in the born hospital. literally in the house. It. it was yeah, a joke. Like yeah, some I, Victorian. I, right, right, right. Uh, right. Way of giving birth at home. Um, but you know, that is the house I've all, I always lived in. Um, and my parents are still there. And uh, I didn't move away until I was like twenty-five. I think. I so, think. You, so you lived at home to twenty-five. You yeah, well, I moved, your... I moved out of my parents' house when I was eighteen. Right. Into my own place, but in the same town, uh, in a little town called Horsworth in Leeds. I've been there. Yeah, you've been, right? You yeah, picked yeah. me up at the airport one time with my brother, Eric, and yep. we drove to Leeds. Yeah, we went... Uh, did we go to the studio? Did we go to Leeds yeah. in the studio first? Or, yeah, I we think we done. stopped by the studio first. Yeah, and, and then, then we, we drove went... to Leeds and we went on a night yeah, out and, and where was the uh, where was the studio, the Harry Potter studio? That's in a glamorous little place called Watford. Watford, that's right. <laughs> Watford, just north of London. Uh, yeah, Leeds in studios. I mean, it's exactly what you think like it would be. I mean, it's so... It's it's kind of it's it's beautiful, right? There's just a bunch of sets, yeah. right? Some buildings and the the owls. I remember in the little there was a little village like right. It's, what was there? It's completely different now because Warner Brothers bought it as soon as we finished. Now it's a nice studio. Now it's like top of the range. Everything's brand new. There's like everything you're in there. Yeah, that's old. Put a new one in. Put a new one in. Put a new one in. Everything's brand new. So it's it wasn't nice. I, no, I mean it was. So it was you were looking at me like for what? you, nice. For, for, fuck. People coming to visit probably think it was great. Like, oh, you've got all the Privet Drive and you've got all these uh, these great <laughs> sets and stuff. But the yeah. actual place had been there. I mean, it was an airfield in the Second World War. Right. And they still had like holes in the ceiling from tracer rounds from from the German planes going over and shooting the hell out of it. So it right. was like it's still in the same sort of decrepit state. That it was for 60, 70 years, but then now they've now they've done it up. It's uh, it's beautiful now. Right. Yeah. As soon I, as we leave, I remember there was the the owls. Yeah. Right. There wasn't there a bunch of owls that, or the famous owls, right? Yeah, because they had like animal department, which right. I think you went into. Right? Yeah, I got the yeah, whole so they thing had an everything owl, in there. Yeah. Loads of owls and foxes and cats and animals. How often did people ask you to go into that fucking thing? Uh, what, into Take it? me to, to what is it again, Watford? Watford. Take Watford. me to Watford. I get asked quite a bit. I mean, it's it's now owned by like some third-party company. I don't even know if it's still like the, – because the, 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 the studio is owned by Warner Bros. But then there's like the studio tour, which is like next door, right. where you can go and see the, the sets and see what they're like and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I've been a couple of times, but never – I've always been like going there for like an opening or something like that. I've never gone just – out of interest <laughs> really yeah how many times do people go hey come on matt can yeah, we go to this yeah, yeah a few times you so come what were we like the, the 50th tour you'd given oh my god like when, when it was actually working yeah oh yeah 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 you're just so over it a bunch of people yeah, around there like, yeah. want to see this again that's why i palmed you off i got jody do you remember jody i was like you take him around oh yeah what'd you, you do you well, go we were gone. show him around i'm not doing all this again i work here for crown i don't look around this yeah by the way, the way you speak, there's a lot of differences. Like in you know, the United States, you have the Southern draw. Yeah. You know, if you're from Louisiana, if you're from New York, it's kind of the same thing in England, right? Wherever you're from, there's yeah. just a different way you speak. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a Yorkshire accent, Leeds, uh, up in the north. Uh, a lot of Americans think I'm Scottish or Irish. I get that a lot. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, what are, what, what's other towns or... Uh, city's uh, perception of leeds of uh, is it a, is it a popular city do people like to go to leeds is there a big rivalry to people you know do you- yeah so uh leeds and manchester are a big rivalry um leeds is sort of like the capital of yorkshire and manchester's sort of the capital of lancashire war of the roses uh yorkshire lancashire so leeds manchester naturally a lot of fights uh 
historically in the football there would have been yeah Leeds United and Manchester United hated each other and uh, you're a big other. rugby fan I'm a yeah rugby league fan yeah Leeds Rhinos how passionate on a scale from one to ten <laughs> are you about Leeds uh, rugby Leeds Rhinos uh very very passionate I mean I um I know I've been fortunate enough over the years to get to meet everyone there all the you know from the top down the uh the, the CEO the president the coach you know the players pretty well all the players yeah you're good friends with the players yeah yeah you hang out with them yeah are they big drinkers uh not not so much during the season because they're consummate professionals um and you can't win <laughs> you can't win eight grand finals by drinking all the time really but uh when it's end of the season uh, we have a thing called mad monday where it's the first monday after the season finishes for you and everyone just goes out and it's kind of uh you know what happens on mad monday stays on mad monday kind of kind of affair I actually one time I was doing a play in the West End in London and uh against all the odds they they won the grand final uh, this was in 2012 I think they won the grand final and uh, I watched it on a Saturday night yeah, that's the big thing yeah that's grand the big one that's like that's like the Super Bowl of that's, Rugby Super Bowl the... that's it the big one and I uh, I watched it after my play and uh, I had a day off on the Sunday I was supposed to be back in on Monday and so I went. I went up to Leeds, and uh, I didn't wasn't able to get involved on the Mad Monday because I was working that night. But I went out on the Sunday with them. We did a whole day session Sunday, and I had to get the train afterwards, still drunk, back down to London to do the play the next day. Wait and it was minute. the most awful play I've ever. Were done you terrible? Life. I was awful. Well, I was, did you remember your lines? My lines were fine, but I couldn't. I couldn't really speak. I tried to get so much medication into my throat because my I was my throat was gone completely. from screaming and from yelling, shouting yeah. and drinking and staying. Yeah, all that, all that. I couldn't speak. I think it was probably the people who came to see that show. They should have got their money back for that. In fact, we should have paid them on top of them getting their money. Did back. you ever search for reviews for that no night? No way, man. No, because it'd be like uh, Matthew Lewis looks like he was at some championship. Oh my god, <laughs> it would have been so bad. I mean, and it's one of the few things. I mean, I like to think that I'm pretty professional. With work, but I tell you that is yeah, rugby yeah. is just one thing that just uh, that just gets me to go a bit crazy. But you have that. What do you mean? What you have that like with, with well, you the know, hockey, the, ice when hockey. When the Giants won, uh, well, you know, actually, when the Mets were playing the Cardinals, yeah, and whoever won Game Seven would go to the the, the uh, World Series, and it was on the set of Smallville. And I remember the director's like, "All right, we got to roll here." I go, "We're not fucking doing a thing. You guys got to give me a minute. It's bases loaded." Beltron's up, it base hit knocks in two, and we're going to the World Series. You just got to bear with me. And the whole <laughs> crew is watching, and they're they're rooting for me, and they're just all sitting there, and the and they were playing the, the you know it's like ten thirty or nine, I don't know what whatever in Vancouver, and I just remember, and here's the pitch on the way to Beltron, and it's a call third strike. The game's over. The and I was crushed and they go and the director goes all right rosenbaum let's fucking do it oh my and days. they shut the radio off and they go we're rolling and <laughs> action and i just was that was probably the worst take of my sucks, life man. it just was heartbreaking i uh, I yeah like, yeah we're gonna do that again and we're never gonna let you listen to sports again oh man i mean leads tend to win i'm like not trying to rub that in there but it's what it does make a difference when they I mean, being heartbroken is in a different, whole different. So, thing. how many times did they won? Uh, well, the, the, so they started having grand finals in like 1996, I think it was, and we've won it eight times since then. So, so screw. I mean, if you right. you got if you lose, who cares? Let's yeah, we've one. we've we've got plenty of we've got plenty of championships behind. Us. I actually did a uh, 2015. I got a lot of people. I kind of did a lot of phone calls to some people I was working with at the time and some old friends and stuff, and got some some like uh, good luck messages for the guys. I got one from Dan Radcliffe, which is pretty cool. 
he uh, he basically gets on there and he just says, uh, I don't know much. We were playing a team called Wigan, Wigan Warriors in the final. And he said, uh, I don't know much about rugby league, but I know Matt's a big fan, so I want to say good luck to you all and fuck Wigan. And uh, <laughs> said that. man, like I tell you, Did he hear it? I spoke to so many of the boys and they said that that was uh, the whole time they were playing that game. They were thinking of Dan Radcliffe just going fuck Wigan and it got them through. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Now, are you guys good friends, you and Daniel Radcliffe still? Uh, well, it's difficult because everyone's sort of all over the place doing different yeah. stuff. But yeah, I'd still, we're still friends, yeah. If we're in the same place, we'll definitely try and catch up. And occasional email, hey, how you doing? Check yeah, yeah, on. exactly. Yeah. And what about, uh, what about Emma? Yeah, still see Emma. Now, I remember something. I don't know if you're going to recall. And you, maybe you'll just choose not to remember. <laughs> oh, but there was something about, like, you were just, you were youthful. Yeah. You were young. You were the young Neville. You yeah. know, and I don't know. You, you you guys were friends. It was a cute little thing, right? Right. You you hung out. Yeah. That was that was it. Did you? Were you did oh, you, I see. All right. You, yeah. yeah. You see you. where this I'm is going. You. All right. No. 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 Nothing. No. Nothing. Uh, it's just weird. You asked that. Someone asked me this in a in a interview. Just I did a bunch of interviews for a TV show in the UK. About, and they asked that question. And they asked that exact same question. Yeah. Because, you know, you're a cute guy. She's a beautiful young lady. How old are you at this point? You're young. I'm not talking about... Yeah, we're I'm not, kids. Was it ever like that little heart crush, that little, when you know, I was, oh my gosh, she's cute. I want to kiss her When I was younger, playground. yeah. When I was, when I was young. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When you were yeah, young. Yeah. You yeah, did. Yeah. Did she know you had a crush? Yeah. She did. Well, no, she didn't at the time. She did. She did we did, uh, I think she found out years later. And she yeah. said, "Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, we could have been so." She made- said, "You should have. She should have said. You should have said, but I didn't because I was uh, a loser." <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't Aren't we all? We all? I mean, I, I've never all? lost that loser aspect. No, man. I, I'm still my. Uh, I'm such a geek. I'm, and I'm. I'm kind of like the weird. The only thing you do is you don't mature. You don't get any less of a geek. You just deal with it. You sort of start to go. You know what? I don't care anymore. I'm thrilled that I like Star Trek and all that kind of stuff. Right. You just, instead of getting rid of it, you just embrace it. I think as you something? get older. You know, I, 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 do you do you really feel like that? Do you really feel like you don't you don't give a shit? No, I don't. You really don't. No. I mean, you 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 consider yourself you're a child actor. You were a child actor. Yeah. Right. You started young. How old were you? Five when I first started. Five years old. Yeah. And you had this confidence, right? You loved it. You were just fearless. I think children are more fearless at that age. Yeah, I probably uh, was was fearless. I became much more self-aware around kind of 10, 11. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if I just... When I was like five, six, when I was acting, it was like second nature. I didn't care. No inhibitions. Didn't care what people there. thought. No, it's always getting there. As soon as you get to a certain age, I don't know where, like puberty or whatever, you ju- I just became very self-aware and became very introvert and very shy and uh, hard on yourself yeah and yeah. nervous yeah very much so and do you think you're like that now at all yeah yeah a little bit i think a lot of it's been shed at the, the wayside a little bit you know i've been able to cast a lot of it off but still i think a lot of actors most actors have still got a, a certain degree of uh criticism that they can't seem to shake at all yeah uh, i think that's that's hard because i'm i'm, I'm talking to the, i'm talking about like cognitive behavioral therapy okay which talks about like you know if you're ever like if you, you're constant constantly bombarded like with these internal negative thoughts yeah. you know and you're like why do i think negative why do i think about positive things all yeah. the time why when i wake up the first thing is like what if this what about this what about i'm like i want to change that shit i don't like that yeah 
and I think it's bullshit. And I, you, you see these quotes all the time on online, and they're like, you know, like I, I don't, I can't quote them, I can't <laughs> quote these quotes, but they more or less saying, you know, why do you let fear get in your way? Yeah, why do you? I'm like. I don't. It just does. <laughs> what do you want from me? It was me? as simple as that. We're all we doing here, right? Rob, yeah. do you get uh, nervous? Do you freak out? I don't act, so no. You're, you you do get nervous and weird. I see when your face blushes when I talk to you sometimes. No, I just I get caught off guard. <laughs> you, you never get like what, what makes you nervous, Rob? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't like public speaking and things like that, so I don't do that. Yeah. What if you have to? What if someone goes tomorrow? You you you're going to be standing up at the State of the Union. That would make me very nervous. What about what about you? Said you got a kid. Yep, got a little one year old. Okay, and uh, and when they said, "Hey, you can have a kid," <laughs> what did you what did you make of that? Ah, uh, or did you we, think we were? I mean, we we're planning it. So. You were planning. Yeah, what, right? yeah. I mean, it caught us off guard. It happened. It's not planning. No, no, no. Getting caught off guard. <laughs> the opposite. You know, we were. You know, when, when someone <laughs> throws a ball at you, 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 you th- I guess you're kind of not planning for it to hit you but, in the face. I can explain. Go we ahead. were we were trying. Briefly. It happened very fast. I was expecting it to take a year, and it took you're like very two fertile. months. Yeah, apparently. Okay, right. So you were ready for it. So you did. I mean, was was there at any point where you were coming home from the from the hospital and you're like, shit, like I've got to do this now. It's not just an idea. That is actually a human child in the back seat. Um, a little bit. I was I love more. How, I love how Matthew has taken this interview over. <laughs> now more with Matthew Lewis. I like that though. I like this though. I just want to hear someone else that's terrified about their daily life. Well, I think everybody. I, I think the reason I asked him was I think because everybody is. Yeah. And I've learned that through uh, talking to my guests, who are fa- some very famous guests, on so they they still get nervous. Some people will say, "No, I don't give a shit." You know, there's those rare exceptions, and I think they're liars. Yeah. Um, I think we all care how people respond to us, people's uh-huh. perception. But I think the ultimate goal is to just be confident in yourself and love yourself and, and the rest will come. I think one of, one of the things that I've sort of started to think about a lot in recent years, you know, everyone sort of says, at what, at what age do you get to where suddenly you go, I get it now. I know how this all works. You know, I, I look at my parents and I go, they've got their shit together. My dad knows how to do all this stuff. Whenever what does he do? What does dad do? Well, he's retired now. He was like, he was a systems engineer. Basically in the seventies, he was working for this company and someone said, Hey, we've got this thing called a computer. Does anyone want to learn how to use that? And he was like, yeah, go on, I'll do it. And next thing you know, he's heading up the whole thing. And I just think like whenever I have any, a question about anything, whether it's finances or, or, you know, should I buy this house? I'm not sure. Is it going to be, blah. he just knows everything. He knows exactly what to say, what to do. I think at what age am I going to get to that point? I'll never get there. But then I realize he's full of shit as well. He doesn't know. You really think he's full of shit? Everyone's just trying to figure out what the hell they're doing in this world. Everybody has so much advice. Like everybody has so much advice. Even I had advice. My late friend Carrie Fisher always had the best advice. God yeah. rest her soul. But I'll tell you what, she never took that advice. Right. So she would listen to her fucking therapists, and then she'd tell me about what I needed to do. It right. made so much sense, and yeah. I go. Why aren't you doing right. that? And I do the same thing. I get this advice, and I wouldn't say advice, but people, you know, I talk to my therapist or whatever, and he'll say something. I go, "That makes perfect sense." And it, I wish there was just a button you could press, do it. understand, yeah. and then yeah. that problem is solved. But it's not. We're all stuck on this rock and flying through space of billions of light years, and we're just none of us know what the hell we're doing. Anyone who says they know what they're doing, they're lying through their teeth, man. No one knows what we're doing here. We've just got to try and make the best of it, and. Be good to each other while we're there. You hear that, Rob? You fucking hear that? 
Yeah, I'm lying through my teeth. Yeah. Yeah, no one knows what they're doing. No so one... your mom, what was she doing when you guys were growing up? Uh, my mom, well... She well, just a, um, a stay-at-home mom? No, she was. Uh, she used to work for the council, the local council as a youth worker. She used to look after... Uh, she ran like a youth center where all these kids can come up and, you know, from all kinds of different uh, social backgrounds. She'd throw you and Anthony in there after yeah, a couple of years? Of... Yeah, well, she, well, you know, she was working, so we'd have to go to work with her and we'd have to go and sit in the youth club and do all that kind of... It was fun, though. I mean, they had like... It was there... F- to entertain kids on a night so there's a disco there was were they troubled kids some of them were some of them weren't it was from where, you know wherever all across the the, the spectrum and uh, you know people still come up to my mum now uh, in, in Horsworth you know in the town they say you know Linda you really when I was a kid I'm not sure how far I was going to go but you know with your with your guidance and stuff then you know I got off that track I got on a different one and she sees that a lot so and unfortunately she had to give that job up so she can look after this guy on Harry Potter so you know Kudos to her for for giving up a job that she loved to come and look after me. Well, it sounds like, you know, you're pretty grounded. You know, we've hung out and we keep in touch. And when I met you and I I actually met your folks, I think, in Leeds. Yeah. I went to that house that they've lived in and so on. And I sensed that, you know, you had a good upbringing. And you're a guy who likes to throw a few back. You know, you yeah. like to have a little fun. You had a little edge. So it's it's you think of your dad and the engineering and your mom and social work and all these things. Uh-huh. And and what was it about acting? I mean, did she? Get, how do you get into that? Right. That well, age? I mean, nothing to do with with me actually at all. It was my my brother Anthony. So, mm. so he was a he was just a complete performer uh, when he was a kid, and um, he was doing it all at school. And I think the head teacher had kind of <laughs> kind of had enough of him, and had said to my parents, "Look, he, this this guy he, he he wants to perform. He can be a handful when he's not performing, so you know you should probably take him somewhere and and uh, let the energy out. Yeah, exactly. And my parents were like, "That whole world's nothing that we understand, or it's crazy. Let's just, it's a phase. He'll grow out of it." And he didn't. And the, and the head teacher eventually got him in the school again and said, "Look, if you don't take him somewhere, I will, because he's got something." Um, and so eventually they said, "Fine, fine, we'll take him somewhere." And uh, and he started working. And he from the age of eight i think he started working and he was getting tv shows and yeah things, doing right? tv stuff and um and like leading tv stuff like kids tv um and i was two years old my mom was looking after him so i had to go along because i was only two and i just grew up on it and so i mean i copied both my brothers on on ev- on everything i mean like if you look at my my musical tastes are very much anthony's my tv and film tastes are very much christopher's and right. that kind of thing and so I copied him with the with the acting thing, and I wanted to do it. And uh, I think at that age, I assumed that's what people did. So you owe everything to Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, great deal. I mean, like I started at so I started at five because I copied him, and I went with the same agency, and and they gave me an audition as a as a tester, and I ended up getting it. And so a tester, what the hell's a they tester? Were, they were basically like, look, you're a bit too young to join our agency, but we'll send you off for an audition to see how you cope and we'll get some feedback. It's too- just one audition. Yeah, you ain't going to get it. We're just going to send you to see what feedback you get yeah. um, and see if we'll let you in. I ended up getting it. So got, they let me in it. after that. Yeah, my first. <laughs> what was it? What was it? It was a film called Some Kind of Life with, uh, with Jane Horrocks and Ray Stevenson. Um, it was kind of heavy. It was a, I mean, it was about, uh, so Jane Horrocks played my mum and uh, Ray Stevenson, my father, and he had a motorcycle accident and left him brain damaged. And so he kind of reverted to a, a mental age of about a five-year-old. And it was how the mother coped with having him as a five-year-old and an actual five-year-old in me. That's how Rob copes with me. So, <laughs> so it's the same relationship, pretty well, much. It was, it was, it was a, a biopic on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, and uh, so I did that at five and then just 
the work kept coming in after that. So, yeah, I guess I... And you just fell in love with it. You loved it. It was fun being on set. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like your dad... Because I always felt like this. I felt like I was a disappointment. I felt like, you know what? I felt like you felt... Like, oh, he's going to be more like his mother and kind of all over the place. And she wants to be an actress and all this stuff. And here my dad is working, you know, nine to six every day, never missing a job Uh and all this shit. And, uh, you know, I think I was like, were you kind of disappointed? So I I asked you, you know, your dad, he's an engineer, your mom's like, and now you're you're both actors. Did you ever feel like they were like, oh, come on? No, no, never. Um, Total support. I mean, yeah, yeah, 110%. They've always been behind us doing whatever we... We want to do. Um, I think the only point that my parents will be disappointed is my dad always thinks I should be winning Oscars. I should be winning BAFTAs. My he's dad's that like, supportive. Yeah, he's like, he I don't, believes in you. He's constantly just like, why? I mean, I've, I watched this thing you did and it was, you need to be doing bigger roles than that. Why are you only doing that supporting role? I'm like, I'm, I don't know, dad. I wish I was doing it because one, it's not good enough. You should, you should be speaking to your agent to get better stuff. I was like, well, I'll do that. I mean, if, if it's coming from you, I shall get on the phone right away. And I'm Doesn't sure. that give a, ch- I think that people don't realize it gives a, a child an amazing amount of confidence and just joy. It's amazing. When I mean, they when their family supports them, my, when they really love what they do and they believe in them. Yeah, absolutely. My dad, I think, yeah, no, I think my, my dad hated his job, actually, in truth. He did it Maybe for, he wants to be an actor. Maybe he, you can help him now. He Maybe bring job. him out to California yeah. and we'll send him on some auditions. Maybe he'll get his first one. Oh, man, my dad, my dad hates all that kind of stuff. TV, cameras, doesn't like it. Hit, hit Has he ever all. been interviewed? Like, uh, well, how do you feel about your son becoming famous? Uh, I think he'd run a mile. I don't think he. Yeah, he wouldn't. He'd he, wouldn't he wouldn't fancy that at he'd all. Be like, uh, fuck off. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Please exactly kindly like, fuck off, that Linda. Out of my fuck face. Off. Yeah, exactly that. He's much more comfortable, you know, in the terraces with a pint, watching the rugby, um, away from all that kind of thing. But he, uh, yeah, he hated his job and he did that job for forty odd years. And I think when when a big company came in and they bought him out. They made redundancies and he took early retirement. You know, not a single guy up from head office or wherever came down to say, thanks for 40 odd years. Are or you appreciate- kidding Not me. a single guy. You know what? Was- I, n- I believe it. Yeah. I not only believe it because you told me, yeah. <laughs> but that's the truth. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, just- I, I get that because I think that's, that's the major problem with most jobs. I don't right. care what you're doing. It's just a, a, the lack of appreciation or yeah. the feeling of appreciation. Like, I think that... I think people, if they went to their nine to fives or if they're actors, whatever they're doing, if their bosses every once in a while would sort of just say, hey, I really just want to tell you I appreciate what yeah. you're doing. I think you're really great at what you're doing. And I just, just it doesn't have to be all the time, but I think it's it's healthy for the environment, for huh. the work environment. And it helps. I just think it's a, it's a good thing to because do. Because you're sitting there and it's monotonous and you're thinking, what the hell is this all for? You know, this rat race of just getting up in the morning just to, Why? You know, what are we doing this yeah. for? So if there's some kind of appreciation, some kind of uh, acceptance, <laughs> you are valued. Uh, you're you're an important cog in this machine. We couldn't do it with you. Just something. Yeah. Rob, I, I really appreciate you. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job on the podcast. I think there's a lot of knobs here on this control panel that I couldn't possibly figure out. So that makes you smarter than me when it comes to knob <laughs> knob turning. And uh, I just want to say uh, thanks for all your input and. Uh, Make sure uh, all the microphones work, please. You're welcome. Thanks for making him uh, appreciate me. Yeah. Good. Right. There you go. Thank you, Matthew. No, for... I was glad to facilitate that. <laughs> all right. Should we hug now? Should we hold... <laughs> well, I don't know. I have... I'm holding a mic here in my hand. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. Mm -hmm. um, look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money. And, you know, Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are. It's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's, it's perfect for my lifestyle. And I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals.
How often do you talk about this stuff with your with your buddies? <laughs> no, no frequently. Never. No frequently. Do you think any of your close friends even know some of this stuff? No, no. Maybe my maybe my buddy Nick, who you know as he well. He stayed here. Yeah, we both stayed he here. He stayed yeah, in my yeah. top bunk. We did, man. Well, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a separate room, two <laughs> yeah. guys. I didn't want to be with you guys. You guys were farting all night, I'm sure. I'm sure. It was a heavy night, that. That was a fun night. That, that was, was good. Fun. That was I, back in the day when I used to go to clubs. I used to have a little, I had a little too much fun that night, I think. I think you, did you? Yeah. I remember well, you being a little tipsy. Honestly, tipsy I don't topsy. remember, but Nick likes to, oh likes God. to hammer me about that night. Nick, didn't he sleep in the crawl space or something <laughs> up in the top bunk? There's like that. Holy man. Oh my God. You guys were a lot of fun. He gives me some stick about that I night. I think that's so what I liked friends. about you guys when I met you and your brother, Anthony. There was just two dudes who just want to hang out. There, yeah. was, there wasn't any pretension. There wasn't any. And I feel like that's sort of like the, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of pretension in England, but yeah. in Leeds, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe people are just a little more down to earth in Leeds. Well, I think like I look at, uh, you know, I look at my dad and I look at like the, the, the everything he gave for an entire career for ultimately, you know, obviously it helped to make sure that we had a, a, a great environment to grow up in. But ultimately to not, you know, I think he hated it and he wished he did something else. And I look back and I go, how lucky I am to be doing what I'm doing. Just enjoy the ride, you know? Enjoy the ride, brother. So that's what I'm trying to do. I don't really, in this whole business as well, you know, no matter how long you're in it, I don't know how much you can ever really feel comfortable in it or know exactly what's going on or the ins and outs. I don't think you ever stay at the top and you feel comfortable at the top. You're always treading water or whatever. So just enjoy the ride. Do you enjoy it always? Do you honestly love being on sets? Do you love, what, 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 I mean, do, yeah, answer that. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to know. I mean, do you really, is this something that you honestly, looking me in the eye, just to, can say without the bullshit, without the, yeah. oh, I love it. Every Like, I have some friends, my friend Dax, I've talked about it before, ad nauseum. He, he's always like, I just love to act. I love to be on set. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. And I go, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't always love being on set. Yeah. I don't always love the job I'm doing. That's why I, I'm in a position, I'm, you know, I'm lucky, but I, Hopefully, well, maybe not. Maybe I'll never get hired for anything. <laughs> I look at jobs like if I get, how much fun am I going to have on that? Yeah. Am I going to have a lot of fun or is it yeah. going to challenge me? Is it a good environment? Is it going to get me to the next level? Is it, there's a lot of things, but ultimately you want to have fun. I think that we, you know, you and I are in a, in a kind of a privileged position. Exactly. You know, we've, we've, we've been able to work. We've been able to, you know, we're not, we're not wondering where the next, next food's coming yes, from. Yes, because I would do any fucking thing before I right. had any fame at all. Yeah. I'm not that famous. You're much more famous than I am. <laughs> I think so. I think so. But I'm just saying, I don't know. I, for me, I, I feel like I know what it was like because I was, you know, I, I struggled for a little while. But yeah. it's, it's so humbling to know how, I mean, this is the hardest business ever. Yeah. And we are privileged. But go ahead. Well, sometimes you know, sometimes you'll get this script will come in. You go, oh god, that looks that would be amazing. What an effort it would be! You know, I have to really get my head into that, and that would, be, that would really beat the shit out of me for for six months. Really, do I want to get beat the shit out for that's, six months? That's it. <laughs> I... That's the call. Did you hear that, Rob? He's saying that. Oh my god, this would be great for me, and this would be really uh, good for my career. And do, but it could be really hard. <laughs> yeah. And there, there comes a time in a man's life yeah. when you hit forty-five, or how old are you? I'm only twenty-eight. I've well, got no excuse. Fuck you. I got no excuse. You're both, uh, but you know what I mean. Where yeah, it's like, yeah. like you know, what's it worth? Yeah. I don't want to lose years of my life doing this project if it's gonna if it's gonna kill me. Yeah. Unless I really am, am conditioned for it mentally right. and physically. But then, uh, I mean, hey, if you read the script and you go, "This is a story." Story that I want to tell. I love yeah, this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't give a shit how hard this is going to be. I want to, you know, say you read a book and you, it was your favorite book growing up and someone goes, hey, we're going to make it into a film and you're going to be the lead in it. And you're like, that book was mental. How is anyone going to do that? But 
fuck, I want to be the one to do it. You know, sometimes you'll get that, but yeah, you're right. My my friend Al, who created Smallville, we go out have our lunches, and he goes, Michael, and gave me a script, and he says, we wrote this with you as a lead. Have a look. And I had lunch with him again about two weeks later, and I said, this is incredible, Al. You guys really wrote a tremendous script. The characters are just they're fleshed out. They're they're just they they pop. This is going to be a huge hit. I have no doubt, but I think it's just going to be too difficult for me. It's too much work. I don't think I could handle that much work. I, that was, I swear, he looked at me and he laughed. I go, this is 60 pages a week. Right. 60 pages a week, and this is rain. And I we did that on Smallville for uh. eight years where it's like rain, and it's cold, and it's free. And it was all these things. So you got to almost like go, hey, this would be great if this was a movie. But I'm not sure I want to do this every week yeah. for maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years and be sixty years old and you know be in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I I agree with that entirely. And everything has to be taken in context of where you are in your life at that moment. Because again, you know, go back to my dad and I look at him and I go, yeah, okay, so he he was doing that for us. He didn't ever really yeah. stop during that whole time to think, do I want to be doing this? Yeah, kids responsibility no, he did it for us he did it for you um but if you're in a position where you can go hey look i you know i i want to make sure that when i look back on life i don't feel like i missed any opportunities that i wanted to do um and you you know you could miss an opportunity wasting you know doing six years of that and and also on the flip side of it i guess fear comes into play a lot i think that with an actor is fear you know if you take away you know oh it's gonna be difficult i can't be bothered how often is that actually you're just scared of it in which case, yeah. you definitely should do it. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. That's that. So yeah. it's trying to find that balance. Where do you are you just not enthused by it, or or are you scared of it? Yeah, that's happened a few times where I'm like, ah, oh, no, I can't. And then my, you know, my agent will go, listen, consider this. I think you could really do well at this. Mm. I think one of those things that one of them was small though. I really thought. Well, I thought maybe it'd be cheesy or corny. I just didn't. I just didn't think, you know. And then they're like, "No, they're putting a shit ton of money behind this, and they want to do this right, and all these things." And so when I realized how how good this could be for me, that was different. We got to get into the Harry Potter world because <laughs> we haven't even touched that, really, have we? No, yeah. I mean, you're how old? Ten years old when you? Uh, I got it at ten. I think we started when I was eleven. First of all, I don't. How do you get an audition like that? Um, and did you read the books? Yeah, so I, I think there was uh, I think there was four books out at the time that I went for my uh, my first audition. Um, and as I said, I've been I've been you read them before, like to yeah, prepare. As a, no, just a fan. I was you just I loved just, it. You just were a read fan. Them. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and then uh, I've been acting for like five years at that point. And they did an open audition. Uh, one of well, all, all across the nation, actually, they did they did tons of them. But one of them happened to be in Leeds. Um, so the agency that I was with was sending a bunch of kids down. Um, I mean, I was going regardless, but it just turned out that I happened to be a huge fan at the same time. So I went down and queued for, I think like five hours, given like a little raffle ticket when I went in and I think the number was like 463 and that was my place in the queue. Oh and my I just gosh. sat there for like five hours and then, uh, eventually got called in. But first of all, how many people are there? Well, I mean, in, in the hotel where we were, there was it was a big, big uh, ballroom full of people, like maybe a thousand people at this one. I mean, the, I know that nationwide over the uh, original castings, they, they did like 40,000 kids. Did you recognize anybody from school? Hey, Tim. No, I didn't actually. No, I didn't at all. I saw a bunch of guys from like my agency that 
works. We all went to like classes once right. a week. So there's a bunch of guys there. Did Anthony audition? And with you? Uh, no, no, he was too old at that point. Right. And I remember this has been something that's been with me for a long time that I've had to try and let go. Is I remember they were all doing these warm ups, and even at ten years old, they're all doing all these warm ups all from the from the drama group, and they were warming their voices up, and they were doing all these exercises, and I was like, that looks shit. I ain't doing that. <laughs> that is embar- that is pathetic. What are they all doing? How embarrassing do they look all doing those stupid warm ups? And the worst thing is that because I got the part, now I like in my brain I was like, yeah, I was right. I don't need fucking warm ups. I don't need to go and do acting exercises. Was it just and- for Neville there? No, that was for anything. But, but, but maybe they got. Maybe you didn't know this, but maybe Emma was one of those people well, yeah, warming up. This is it. Maybe she was warming up. This is why I've got this stupid thing in my head. Like <laughs> so, I've, I've, like over the last sort of finishing Harry Potter, I've had to try and shake that attitude that you know there is. Uh, technique and, and craft and all those kind of things are valuable and are important but me being a little wise ass kid thought I was you know fuck that I'm not doing that I look, they look like look like idiots I'm not doing that so yeah all these kids are all out here like a thousand kids whatever eventually they go in the room and there's only three of us and we just stood there we read a paragraph we were given a paragraph from the book to learn it was one of Harry's lines and it was about four lines something very very innocuous about a dragon's egg or something i can't remember the quote now but it was that was all we did we just read that to camera and then with, with our name held up while we did it and that was it in there for like 30 seconds and say your name i'm matthew lewis yeah and i also like i had a copy of my cv with me which i uh i left behind they said just leave your name and that's it and i was like i'll slip that underneath there put my cv in not saying that helped not saying it didn't either oh look at this sneaky yeah. bastard <laughs> It's a little five-year-long CV there. We're going to get one tweet where somebody's like, don't ever do an English accent, Rosenbaum, ever. <laughs> I know that's coming. They're going to say it. They're going to say it. Whenever an American does it, walking yeah. around, they're like, oh, it's fucking awful. <laughs> How often do you guys have the, those conversations at a bar with friends? God, these English people. These Americans, I mean, they, they with their English accents, terrible. All the time. Is there anyone that can really do one that you're like, fuck, that's pretty good? I mean, there must, of course, there will be. Absolutely, there will be. I mean, I'm sure John Lithgow can do one, probably pretty well i've not seen the crown but i'm sure he's doing a good i gotta one watch that. that one i heard it's good by the way you played neville longbottom yeah i read this this could be lying but did you know oh my god you have family members of the longbottoms right that's true in the yeah, in the book in yeah right do you yeah. know do you know their names do you know who your father's was <laughs> um yeah i do i just remembered it just popped in there i think uh frank yes yeah frank longbottom yeah how about that rob frank. i did some fucking research <laughs> what was your mother's name alice yes and how about your wife later on oh um, um hannah abbott fucking york right you're a method actor right. and your paternal grandfather that doesn't mean anything it just says mr longbottom oh, goodness. <laughs> clue. you're human your gender is male yep. you have blonde hair i uh didn't didn't dye my hair for that I'll join you when hell freezes over. Yeah, I never even got to say that. I was looking forward to that one, and they cut it from the film. Didn't didn't even put it in the screenplay. Really? Yeah. Were you bummed? Yeah, I thought it was quite a good line. That had been quite fun to, to say. <laughs> it was been a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. You knew the movies were going to be big, right? Did you think it would be more than one movie, and did you think you'd ever become as big of a role no integral role as you did so even when we're doing all the uh like the meetings and stuff and we went down to meet chris columbus um and david Heyman and all the the guys we even then i was like do we know if it's going to be any good i mean how many how many books how many phenomenons have we seen turn into a film and then it it just fizzles out the film the film translation doesn't work and and uh you know my parents were doing a very good job of you know just keeping me grounded and 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 
So you know, take everything with a pinch of salt. You never. By the way, did you go to? Were you going to school at this point? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you when you knew that you were Neville? Were you going to school? Like, oh, I'm Neville Longbottom. <laughs> I doing? think I got it. I think I actually got the role when I was in like like summer holidays before going into high school. So sort of like gone to and I was going into a new high school and straight away having to go. Just so you guys know, I ain't really going to be here very much. But it was uh, my brothers had been there previously, so they were aware of it, and it was they'd had a lot of. Uh, actors they had a drama studio there and, it, and, and they'd had a lot of actors come through so they were aware of the situation so it wasn't abnormal to them and they were cool with it we were told you'll sign up for one and two and then we'll see what happens we might not even do the second one but we'll sign you up for two and we'll see what happens and we may not even you might be cut you might be in this you, uh, you yeah, yeah, exactly and and also you know it might be terrible might not be good might be recast they might you know lose the character entirely no idea because at that point four books out yeah, okay, so he's in it. He's a good supporting role, but no indication that he's going to go the, on. Yeah, the first be... few episodes, you're not really, yeah. not, a ton of, not a ton of Neville, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so... they probably didn't pay you shit, did they? No, they did not. No, no. Do you ever have regrets of that? <laughs> I mean, hey, I was like 11 years old. What can you do? Whatever you make. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you do yeah, something yeah. you love. You're in a big blockbuster. Uh-huh. When was the moment where it's like, okay, we need to renegotiate. I'm, a, I'm becoming a bigger role. Basically, after the first two, really. So when they were after the first two, so we're gonna do three and four, um, and then um, I'd moved the agent at that point. I'd moved to a to a London agent, so they had uh, a bit more nous about the whole thing and uh, a bit more of a strong arm. So you know, we sort of renegotiated for that. And then when it when they kind of really did it was was in Seven. F- was in five. Oh, five. Yeah, because they did it in two two film blocks at a oh, time. So right, after three right, and four, right. we did it again for five and six. Um, and by that point, you know, the, in five, it was starting to seem clear that Neville was going to become some, something more like he was part of the Dumbledore's army thing. Right. And, he and, had some clout. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, and then luckily, like I say, every two years we got to renegotiate. So it was, uh, I can't complain. What was it like? I mean, walk me through just for a second. The first day on set, walking in as this character in this world or at least the what's the big the big room the mess hall the great the great hall the great hall what's yeah. what's it like being in that room for the first time and seeing like the immensity the the just the the impact on you it's that it had kind of surreal um having been a fan at that age um and having imagined it all in your head and then to someone to have someone say oh now you're gonna not just act it out in make-believe like you do in your bedroom. You're going to actually get to do this stuff. You're going to be in the uniform with the wand. It's going to be cool. And you walk onto the Great Hall, and it, it, it genuinely... I mean, I can't remember it hugely. I was 11 years old, but I remember it taking the breath away. In that instant, just being like, this is real. You know, it's not a dream. It's not It's not someone telling you you'll do it, and then it's half-assed. Like, this is real. We're actually doing this, and this is going to be on a cinema screen around the world. That's kind of the point at which you realize that they weren't messing around. No, it, it, yeah, and what about like starting to like work with like guys like Rickman and just being around and like yeah. these guys that everybody looked up to? I was terrified, absolutely terrified. Um, and that's probably one of my my probably my biggest regret about the probably my life, even if you like, um, but especially of, of those whole whole films that, as I mentioned to you earlier, being that whole sort of age of eleven to seventeen, being very introverted and very very. Uh, shy that I, I expression we say I wouldn't say boo to a goose. I don't know if you use that over here. Probably not. No. Um, Rob does. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Oh, no, he, <laughs> yeah. he boots his goose every day. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to anyone. I wouldn't say a word to anyone. No one. Yeah, right. And I, um, you know, if I was spoken to, of course, I'd speak back. But 
I think now at times when I'd be standing and doing a scene with Alan Rickman or with David Fugulis or Maggie Smith and I'd just be, you know, in, in between takes, just silent, just staring at their shoes. Like, this guy is weird. Yeah, they must have thought I was an absolute freak of a kid. Because you were right? terrified. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't know what to say to them. And as it turns out, as you get older and you get to like 19, 20 and you're talking to them on a, on a level and they're just the most coolest, most down-to-earth normal people. Like, I could have people. had so much more fun. Exactly that. Exactly that. Like, I remember one time... I was in hair and makeup, and Gary Oldman. Um, oh, don't say he's one of my favorites. He took a shine into my my trainers, right? He saw my my sneakers, and he was like, "Hey, my uh, my son would really love a pair of those. Where'd you where'd you get those from? Give me them off your feet, son." And and I was <laughs> at first I thought that's what he was asking because he's pretty intense. Like he started <laughs> staring at me, and he's waiting for an answer. And I'm thinking, is he expecting me to offer them to him? But I, I think he just wanted to know genuinely where they were from. And I was just from a shoe store. In, the, in in Leeds. I just couldn't get any words out. And I looked back now, and, I, and he thought I was just... He was just staring at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you, child? Speak. He didn't say that, obviously, but I could see it behind his eyes. That's what he was thinking. <laughs> could you imagine if and, he uh... called you out in, like, one of the movie, The Professional? <laughs> Everyone! <laughs> He's like, never! But I look back, I just think we could have had, like, a genuine conversation, and he wouldn't think I was an absolute freak. And now if I was to meet Gary Oldman on a red carpet, people would probably think, oh, well, they're all pals, they'll know each other. Yeah. He I have a fucking clue who so I you was. You could have been good friends with Oldman. Yeah. If you would have given me your fucking shoes. Mm. You I'd just could... taken the damn shoes. See, now I look back at 20, I'd be like, I'd have taken those shoes off so quick. And I'd just put them in his hands. You could have taken probably Gary. been married Take to Emma Gary. Watson uh, right now. It's just ridiculous. You, there's so many things that could happen. Uh, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but you know what? That's my advice to all children. Is but that to... turned around, though. After what year where you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to have a good time. Yeah, I guess I got to like. Uh, um, like 17, 18. Oh my God. It really and, took uh, a while, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I really, yeah, yeah. I was too busy watching Star Trek at home until sure. then. And then I got to like 17, 18 and uh, I don't know. I, it's almost like switched overnight and I just, uh, I don't know whether it's an acting thing where you go, you know what? I'm sick of being this kid who can't say anything. I'm still going to be him, but what I'll do is I'll create a persona during the day where I'm actually quite cool and I'll, I'll act. You're pretending I'll while you're, pre- right. And then eventually you become that. And it's kind of like a, a bit of advice I'd say to any young kids that are struggling. I'd say just create someone who you think's cool and pretend to be them for a bit. And eventually you'll just become that person. Oh, I hope they choose wisely. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that could be a real mistake. <laughs> I mean, did you, did you hang out with Rickman a lot? Uh, Alan, uh, probably more, definitely more than Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had a few scenes together. Because um, I don't think Gary and I had any, well, very brief scenes together uh, where we were like ships in the night. You know, we'd actually right. interact. Um, but Alan and I had a, had a few scenes together, yeah. So um, we hung out a little bit. Um, and did you take his passing pretty hard? I think everybody did. Yeah, it was just it was just such a the most bizarre thing for me um, was that I was at Leaves and Studios when it when the news came through. I'd gone down to go and see uh, they were filming Fantastic Beasts at the time, and I'd just gone in to go and meet with uh, David Yates and David Heyman, who were you know still together as a team on that on that film. I just went down to just catch up i hadn't seen him for a few years i said um i'm in town I'll, I'll come over and i'll and i'll just come in they said oh we'll take you on the set and so we're doing all that you know eddie redman's there and everyone's there and it's like oh it's weird to be back in this studio yeah. when they're filming a sort of harry potter thing but it's not ours and very surreal and then suddenly the the thing the news headline comes through on my phone and everyone sort of gets it simultaneously it was just and everyone was just just shell-shocked and then to be there in those corridors which look different have been all renovated but you know the the they're still the same walls you know there's still the same halls that we walk down and and you could just 
you could just picture him right there in, in, in situ. And it was, that was a very surreal time, actually. That whole day just is a bit of a blur to me now. I can remember everything before the news came through and nothing from after. I just, Do you it, remember crying at all? No. Yeah, I'm not really a crier. Are you a crier? I'm not really a crier, yeah, Michael. I, I, I cry every once in a while, but I, I don't like to cry in front of people. Right. Unless I just really have to. I'm a film, I've cried at films. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, I can't, I can't stop crying at films. Like, like weeping. Is that because you, maybe your family was very strong? Your dad, you never saw him cry. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. My dad cries now. He does. He, he says that as well. He says uh, he, he when he was younger he never used to, and then as he got older, I don't know whether it's having kids that does it to you or what, but he does now. Or maybe you know when he's watching TV. Prostate. Oh, maybe it's that. Maybe that's it's that. I can hear him <laughs> be quite painful. Rob, what do you think? I heard that's connected to your tear ducts. Yeah. Let me ask you this. It's. I have this idea that, you know, I guess I had this idea, I think maybe people do, that, you know, when you're an Alan Rickman kind of actor or Gary Oldman, they don't mess up. They're just always genius. They're always perfect. They've been given the gift. Right. You got to witness it firsthand. <laughs> Did you see them messing up? Did you see them like normal actors, like finding it, trying to figure it out, not there, taking take after take after take? No. Damn it! <laughs> Honestly, like, it's one of those things when they come in, they come in and they, they you know, the, the, the complete package is right there on the day. They're ready to go. Yeah. And I'm always thinking, have you like, have you been getting like remedial time with the director? Have you been like all off in your little, no. in your dressing room, been no. doing it for, no, no, he just comes straight on. He just, he just knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. Okay. So everyone, everyone fluffs a line now and then, but in terms of character, in terms of energy. Was it pretty intense? Are they pretty yeah. intense guys? Like can be. Yeah. Can be. Like it's not, you want to go after a take and go, hey. Alan, that was really good, man. But then, but then, capable of like Michael Gambon's one, who is always amazing at, at breaking any kind of ice or anything like that. Always laughing, just, jokester. Absolutely full of filthy just jokes. Just jump into and, it. Yeah. Filthy jokes. He's yeah. telling children a bunch of filthy jokes. Yeah, well, telling... Michael don't give a shit. He doesn't care. Uh, he doesn't care. What's um, a joke that you remember him telling? Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but I remember. I remember seeing Alan like belly laugh. Really? Yeah, like really, like like reverberating around the great hall. And everyone's like, what the fuck is that noise? It's like, it's Alan laughing. <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, I remember stuff like that. Let's talk a little bit about the transformation. Because you went from playing, well, well first of all, I'll let you describe. How would you describe Neville? Um, not too dissimilar to how I've described myself of that that age, really. Um, really? Yeah. And what would, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, so it was, shy. Um, yeah, very shy. Not one to speak up. Uh, in in class and and in a group of even a group of friends that he feels relatively comfortable in, I don't think he'd be the one to speak up. Uh, he was bullied, which I wasn't. Um, so he had a lot of that kind of stuff, and he had a lot of reasons for all this kind of stuff with his parents being. Um, you know, he lost his parents to insanity when he was very young. They're in a they're in a a hospital, um, and he sort of lives with his overbearing grandmother who. Nothing's ever, he, he'll never be as good as his father was in his grandmother's eyes. And so that's very difficult for him. Um, so he's kind of got various reasons to be a little bit shy and a little bit. But then look at yourself now. Right. How you have went from this role to, I mean, obviously you grew up. That's a big part of it. You know, you grew up. But, you know, for me, I remember I had this really kind of long hair and I had these two fucked up teeth they were all jacked up and my uh manager at the time dave becky goes fix your teeth <laughs> cut your fucking hair and stop wearing that <laughs> stupid jacket i continued to wear the jacket 
I wasn't going to sell out completely. Um, No, but I did. And my my career changed. My career changed. I started getting considered for lead roles Mm -hmm. and being big parts and doing things. And it it worked. I needed someone to be honest with me, someone to say things like, you know, we all have those friends. You need one friend that says, Rosenbaum, you're getting a gut. Right. Rosenbaum, you, you know, get some sleep. Yeah. Which they say every day. You changed. Like you had a big, like you changed. All of a sudden people ask me on the streets. They're like, oh my God, he's so hot. <laughs> like you're like this hot guy now. I mean, it's, it's you a, hate that you hate that. Hey, I, I'm, I'm never going to hit people complimenting me at all. Like, I mean, that's, you know, yeah. I, 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 like that's not, that's no bad thing. The only thing for me that I find mostly uncomfortable about it is that people say, particularly in America, you know, the idea is, you know, wear it as a badge of honor. It's like, you, you know, you go into a room, whether you believe it or not, you want to go in there and you want to hold your head high and you want to say, yeah, I'm fucking hot. Yeah, I'm the one. Right, everyone right, everyone right, look right. at me. And I'm terribly bad at that. I don't know if it's an English thing or whatever. I'm terribly bad at that. And I also don't feel that, you know, like Brad Pitt, you know, Tom Cruise, these are, these are objectively good looking guys. I am possibly maybe to some people subjectively a little bit nice to look at, possibly maybe, but I'm not objectively, I'm not a model. I'm not a, a, you know, I'm not, and and I'm I'm acutely aware of that. So when people sort of say he's really hot, I sort of think they're they're kind of going mad a little bit. Well, I'm thinking more of just like in terms of your transformation, you went from this character that was kind of just shy and weird and just cute in a goofy kind of way. Uh And then you transformed into, and the, 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 the short answer is, yeah, I grew the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I grew uh, up, I fucking worked out because I got some muscles. I uh, fixed my hair. I might. I wore a fucking agonizing brace for six months, which was, you did what? I wore a, 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 you call them braces, right? Braces. Yeah, I wore, six months I wore this 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 spring loaded brace to straighten your teeth. Yeah, were they all crooked? God, it was like painful, so painful. Because originally the guy wanted me to do it for two years. I said, "Man, I'm going to be on a red carpet in six months. I'm wearing braces for two years." And he was like, "Well, the only other alternative is this thing, this oh. new thing, uh, where you put it in daily, but it's gonna hurt." And I was like, "And then they have to adjust them. They have to and keep I, adjusting them, I, yeah, yeah." And I put it in every day. I had to put it in and. And uh, sleep in it, and it was for six straight months, just agony as my as my literally my forced my teeth together. But I mean, it was it yeah, it was uh, it worked out. I get to keep my teeth as well. I didn't want to have to. They're you know, all your real teeth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these are veneers. These top six. Yeah. Ones. Because I had them like hit knocked in in hockey. I had like okay. I had, to, had them bonded and they kept falling off. Uh-huh. So she said the only way to stop this and coming to the dentist ten times a year <laughs> yeah. is to just yeah, get them ones. veneered. So I, I did, and people were like, "Your teeth are so nice." I'm like, <laughs> "Not mine." Yeah, I got to keep mine. So I, I mean, they're partly mine. There's like a little piece. But I, you know, I don't play ice hockey. I never no. beat out. You played rugby though, right? A little bit. <sighs> no, never. I I, I never. played like, touch and pass. Yeah. Non-contact. Oh, yeah? yeah? You know the rules. You get the odd split lip now and then, but... <laughs> your old buddy Nick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, jeez, he goes steaming in. Do you like... Uh... I'll tell you one thing, before we move yeah, on from no, that, no. I'll tell you one thing. Some people sort of say about like, um, oh, you know, puberty hit you really well. Oh, you know, puberty did such a good job with you. I was like, I was 21. How old do you think I went through puberty? <laughs> like, fucking hell. <laughs> no, I got braces and I went to a gym. I didn't go through fucking puberty at 21. Are you kidding me right now? Unbelievable. The audacity, really? Yeah, right. Uh, you you love doing plays, uh, do you? Because you do a lot of plays. <laughs> you were in the West End. You did. A, yeah. Then you do a play last year. Or yeah, I done I done two in the West End now, and um and then one which is like a tour. Isn't that just grueling? Those hours to me are like eight shows a week. You're on for three hours. Aren't you just exhausted? Yeah, I mean the last one I did was uh, no interval. We just went right through. What? 
Um, for how long? Four uh, months? Uh, it was like, uh, how long was it? Like an hour and a half? I think. Oh, for how long was it the run? Um, it was uh, three months, 12 weeks. Were you ready for it to be done? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But only, uh, surprisingly, usually I get it a lot earlier. Usually just in the last week, I was like, I think I'm ready now. I think I'm ready to, to finish. So you're not really, I mean, you love theater, you love doing it, but you're like not, like, you, you don't want to do as much theater as you did. I'm, I'm sensing that. Um, yeah, I think I, the theater for me was, was an opportunity because I kind of did the whole uh, acting career backwards, if you like, you know, yeah, I usually you know, start theater and then you, so I did a few TV, but like I was straight to a blockbuster movie, huge global franchise at 11 years old until I was 21 and suddenly get spat out into the real world. And it's like, I don't have any foundation on this industry, on, on my career, my technique, anything at all. Was it, t- t- in a sense, proving yourself? Is that what you yeah, felt? Yeah, like a little bit. A little bit. But it was as much as much proving myself as it uh, to learn, really. Uh, I wanted to go and see, you know, Alan, Alan Rickman told me on his last day I went to his trailer just to say thank you because, you know, to him it's just another movie. But for, for, for me, and I imagine pretty much everyone on it, this is fucking Alan Rickman for 10 years. So I had to go and say, might not mean that much to you, but... As a young actor, this has been the coolest thing ever to work opposite you. Um, and he said, you know, come in, have a cup of tea. And we just sat in his trailer for a bit. And Were you said, nervous then? Like little Neville? <laughs> yeah, of course. Even then? <laughs> even then, even at 21 years old. Yeah, but he was so cool. And we just sat in there and he asked me like what I was planning on next and what I should then do. And he asked you for your shoes. And um, Yeah, and I didn't give them to him either. <laughs> no. So I really dropped the, dropped, that guy. <laughs> dropped the ball there. Still got them shoes. Um, and um, he basically just said, you know, theater is is a great place to start it's where i learns where you know this kind of stuff he said it's uh you know it's 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 really worth doing and so the first thing after harry potter i did was a was a play uh it was a terrible play um and i was terrible in it everyone else was brilliant um and i was terrible in it because i didn't have a fucking clue what i was doing i didn't know how to project my voice i didn't know how to to build a character i didn't know how to do anything did you start to doubt yourself yeah as an actor? i mean i got halfway through this tour and um not even halfway through the reviews were just terrible about you yeah like like um brutal like i my voice was excruciating um i i was out of my debt all this kind of just really horrible thing. But, you but, read them yeah and i'm glad i did in this context i don't i wouldn't read them now but I'm glad I did in this context because there was me at 21 years old coming out of, at the time, the biggest film series of all time being like, yeah, fuck, I can do this job. How can it be? Um, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Wow. And, and I needed that to basically bring me down to earth and go, no, this is, a, this is not a, a, a piece of, you know, this isn't something you can come in and put your feet up and, and, and for the whole rehearsal process and expect to step out on stage and, and ace it. That ain't going to happen. This is, this is something that people spend their entire lives trying to perfect, trying to hone this craft, and you've got to fucking do it. So most people would have thought, I probably would have been like, okay, I suck at theater, but I was really good on film. So <laughs> I'm going to stick it to film. And, but I mean, you didn't. Don't you get went me wrong. back to theater. Don't get me wrong. Like, a big part of me was there. Like, I remember, again, Nick, right? I had him. I got him on the phone. I was in Cardiff, doing a play in Cardiff, and I called him and went, I'm done. I was just like four months into it, I had two months left. It's like, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. Reviews are shit, it's not getting better. Can't fucking do it. From what I have known of Nick, I can imagine him just saying, okay. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what did he do? He said, actually, to his to his credit, he said, so what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I was like, I, I don't know, because you've done this since you were five, what are you going to do if not this? 
I was like, I don't, I don't know. He's like, well, then make it work. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, just make it work. What can you do now to make this work? Wow, somebody else matured. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, because I think he's uh, that was the that was the pinnacle of his maturity. He's I think he's regressed. Since yeah, then. oh, I can imagine. Um, yeah, he said that, and and he was right. And basically, I went back. I, you know, I called the director. Right, then buried my head in the sand. I said, "What am I? What am I doing wrong? What can I do to fix this?" And he worked tirelessly with me, and and I looked at the other actors, and I went, you know, and I and I went back to the starting board and drawing board, and uh, in the last two months, the the reviews flipped flipped on their head. And um, wow. wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you went from sh- disaster, I want to walk out, yeah, to Nick the Prophet, <laughs> yeah. fucking telling you, what are you gonna do? And then the next thing you know, you get this confidence. And because uh, I was new, fucking lazy, is what it was. This newfound love, you weren't putting enough work into. Yeah, it. I was lazy. I thought I could do it, and I couldn't. And like, how did you? How did you do that? How did you change? So I went. I, I basically I sat with the other actor. You know, the, the, like I said, the director really worked with me a lot, and he did all that stuff that I said. I'm not warming up. I'm not doing those stupid workshop those exercises. I'm not doing all that. You're He's still idiot. dwelling on that. Yeah. He's still dwelling at the it's audition important. process of those it's kids who, who never did anything with their lives. Those idiots. But no. They were the right ones all along, and uh, and the director put me through all these things, and and you know you let those inhibitions go, you stop going. Oh, I look silly, you know. I'm I'm doing all these, uh, you know, when you're doing your voice, your vocal warm ups, and you right. you're shouting out these tongue twisters, rubber baby buggy bumpers stuff, bolting think, briskly down the boulevard. Oh my god, I look like an idiot. You go forget that. You look like an idiot because you're a professional actor, and this is what you've got to do. And so you start doing this stuff. And I was looking at the other actors, seeing what they were asking their advice. And they started to tell you know, to speak from your diaphragm, all this kind of stuff, and doing all these jobs that isn't their job at all. But they all spent this time with me, you know, in the wings of the theatre, helping me, and and yeah, and then and then all of a sudden the news: Wow, Matthew yeah. David Lewis has really made a turnaround, folks. <laughs> Does not a suck. voice that was hard to listen to has now turned into a soft pendulum of love, bearable. <laughs> so, really? So, so all of a sudden the reviews yeah, were getting better. Yeah, yeah, the reviews were good. The last the last couple of weeks of the show um uh were were, were really great reviews um for for me personally Uh, the play was still terrible everyone else was great um but the 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 reviews for me personally were were strong and so a year later when i got i I suddenly got bumped up i got offered the a west end gig um so i'm not touring anymore i'm going to be in the heart of of britain's theater and uh and i kind of jumped at that one a little bit and uh and again, it was, you know, you, 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 you go back to, to square one. You go, oh, my God, I can't do this. I can't remember how to do this. It was a year ago. I'm going to be terrible again. Oof. But you, you throw yourself into the rehearsal process and you, and you do. And admittedly, I do prefer film and TV. I, 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 I still wake up in cold sweats, the actor's nightmare where I'm about to go on for this yeah. play in the West End and I don't know my lines or I've not even seen the script. I still have script. those dreams. Oh, I'm not even doing any theater anymore. Crippling, yeah. crippling uh, nightmares that I have. So, you know... If I'm going to do a play, it has to be something that I'm really passionate about. I love this story or whatever. Um, but I, I've I've learned so much doing that. It's just it, it it turned my whole world upside down because it was going. You know, you can't you can't hide behind good directors and good DOPs out there. You've got to do it and you've got to put the work in. Wow, you can't hide behind good DPs and good directors. Yeah, isn't that the freaking truth? Yeah, because if they light you beautifully in one movie and you look great in the Everything is just directed perfectly, and they can get something out of you. It doesn't mean you're a good actor. No, no, I don't think so. And this is one thing that I didn't learn either. Simple, something as simple as being on your cues, for example. Simple, like knowing when the cue's coming, and 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 and, and be li- really listening. 
and yeah. be ready with your response. I wasn't doing shit like that. But in the film world, if there's a huge pause between the last they person's line, they just cut it out. Yeah. And it makes me look brilliant. But it wasn't there. It wasn't there in reality. And when it was on stage, it was painfully obvious that it wasn't there in reality. And so it's little stuff like that that, that you know, that I probably missed out on by not going to drama school or whatever that I had to just learn. And that's what theatre did for me. And still does. I mean, like the last play I did was was a oh God, you know, again, same thing, having huge meltdowns on the phone to the director at one in the morning, going, Adam, I can't do this, I can't do it. We're going on stage in a week. Were you really like grief stricken? Like just or Yeah, I mean all four of us actually. It was a four man show and, and, and you was know it, was it not good? No, it was a it was a brilliant show. It was a, it was it was a superb show and um I was playing a, a male escort. What was the show called? Uh it was called uh, uh Unfaithful. Unfaithful, unfaithful. Not, not based on the movie Unfaithful. No, 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 no. It was a new play. Um, and a different it was, kind of unfaithfulness. It, what's the What's the film about? Uh, it's about cheating. Yeah, same, same, same kind of unfaithfulness. Well, that's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the same, thing. same I mean, kind. No, it was about this. You know, this guy. I don't need to go. It's Richard Gere. You should watch. It. It's oh, a great okay, movie. Okay. And he, he like catches his wife having an affair with this guy, but she calls it off. But he goes and confronts the guy, and then accidentally kills him, and then oh. buries his body, and all this shit happens. Oh wow! No, it's not. It's not. This this all takes place in. Uh, uh, in a sort of well, a lot of it in a hotel, and then someone in someone's living room. But it's it's basically I, I'm a male escort, um, and I have a a, a long term girlfriend, and so it's how our relationship is strained by what I'm doing. And she goes out one night to try and get into my head to try and understand it, so she feels more comfortable. And so she flirts with this guy for ages. She doesn't sleep with him, but she just she goes as far as almost about to sleep, just so she can get into that mindset to think: Is it? Is it something where he can detach himself, or does he have feeling there? And then, it, and then, in re- this guy's wife finds out that he almost slept with this girl, and in retaliation, she hires a male escort, which happens to be me. Slightly contrived, I'll admit, but it creates a whole um, clusterfuck of, of, really? uh, of scenes. I like and, it. Uh, I like it. And we're all on, you know, like I say, we're all on stage for the entire duration, um, no interval, and. The whole time, an hour and a half. Yeah, so I think we, you know, there's different scenes that we're not in, but even then, we're just sat You're off there. to the side and uh, right. and um, and still performing in, in the way that it was set up. Is that we were still almost, even though we weren't in the scene, we were still part of the scenery. You ever zone out? Um, yeah, all the and time, like, yeah. Um, oh my god, where are we? What is yeah, she saying? Yeah. What's my next line? All the time. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. done that. So you've done tons of theater. You're you, you like film and TV a little more. Where do you see yourself? Like, because you're still a young guy. You're 28. What do you want to do? You want to get on a, on a on a really good series? Because TV's where it's at now. Yeah. Cable are making the most terrific series. I would just watch the series Dark on Netflix. It's unbelievable. I've only seen the first five. I mean, I would love to be on a, on a show like that. I'd love to do a cable series, something like that, where you can do 10 episodes, kick some ass, and yeah, you know. I mean, I think you know, having done having done Harry Potter for 10 years, uh, I'm I. I'm reluctant to dive into something that is going to take up my entire life for the next, you know, like you were saying earlier, that's going to take, you know, six, seven years yeah. doing the same thing for 10 months of a year. I'm just not sure that that's, that's really what I want to do. That's why cable, you only do like exactly. four, four or five so months You're looking tops, at yeah. cable and it's like mini series, 10, 12 episodes. Yeah. And I, I think that is, I mean, even, even as a watcher, like a viewer, I, I love that. Yeah. I love that setup. Yeah. Um, uh, take a break with the actors. You, you yeah, away for right. a while. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm you know from the British setup anyway. We're used to like six episode series. That's right. what I've always done when I'm doing British TV shows. Is I think the, the most I did in a series was was eight episodes once. Right. Um, so I'm used to that setup as an actor, but I, 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 I as much as a viewer as well. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. Filming uh, films are still um, 
still the dream. They're still the kind of like far out little yeah. that little boy wanting to be yeah. in the big blockbuster or whatever. But I think in terms of the of quality, I don't I don't think there's a difference anymore at all. Are I you insatiable? Do you feel like if somebody said, "Hey, Harry Potter, you did eight, and that's that's it. You're gonna you'll work and you'll do you'll make some money here and there, but you're not gonna." Is that enough for you? Um, no. Because it's not? No. Will you be disappointed? I mean, again, it's always looking at everything in context and saying, I mean, Harry Potter will be the, the biggest thing I've I've ever done. I That's mean, it, the key, it, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's something to look at and go, hey, and before Star Wars did its new ones, it was the biggest film series of all time. Of all time. That was the, the, yeah. the pinnacle that... The 0.001% of actors will ever attain in terms of the size of the movie. Um, and I'm fine with that, you know, if I, that doesn't go up there again, um, anywhere near that. I, I, what, what I mean by that is that I should, I will always have that. And I will, and if I never get there again. Right. And what then, I'm saying is that is enough. Then, then that's thrilling. The I'm I thrilled like. with that. Yeah, because that's that's true. It's um, like, you know. It's greedy. No <laughs> one should be like, yeah. oh, I only did these fucking eight blockbuster movies. And it's actually were, a stupid question. It's a stupid but, question. I, I'm going to, you know why? It's a stupid question, Rob. You know why? Because it, it, it's, you know, you did this movie for eight years. You can't say, oh, if that's all you had done, because you don't know. You're 28 years right. old. You don't know what's going to happen. You could do whatever. But would you be happy well, if that was like, I guess my question. I was, think I can, I, I can absolutely, I, I won't beat myself up because, I mean, how many people even get to experience that? And I got to do it for eight, eight yeah. years, uh, 10 years, eight films. But does it mean that I'm going to stop striving to, to, to be in the next Harry Potter? Right. No, right. Know, I'll keep, I'll keep, uh, well, of course, keep of course. Away. Well, I think I, I think it's a bad question, but my thing, what I meant by it, well, is that, you know, like I asked Tom Wellings. Uh, is there such a thing as a bad question? Uh, no, Yes, there okay. is today. No, but, you know, I thought, you know, if Smallville's all I ever did and that was it. Would yeah. I be, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky. I, I got to do one of the biggest shows on, right. t- on TV and I, I had a great time and I thought I did a decent job and I made a little money and I'm, I'm proud of that. And if, you know, I'm 70 years old and people are like, oh, that's it. That's all you ever did. Fuck it. Do you? I, I don't care. I'm I'm happy with that. Do you see Smallville as? And you might be able to educate me on this. Do you see Smallville as the start of this superhero <laughs> series? Kind. Of, I mean, obviously you know we what? had Batman talked about that. Yeah, sixties and I think stuff. That but it's I mean, a big, big. Yeah, it's the first. The modern. They, yes, because I thought they took it really seriously. It was dramatic. It was the story before the story. It showed that shows like this can really work on TV. They don't have to be hokey and they don't have to right. do whatever and they can have this big following. And it can pack a punch and it, it's not... And they can treat... Uh, yeah, yeah and, the, and, the, and the visually would be stimulating and, yeah. the, and the, um, the the budget and all the things that go into making a great show. And I think that's with any show. But yes, I think it was one of the first ones that because really... Because if you look at the shows that are out there now, the superhero shows, I mean, could any of them be on TV right now had Smallville not paved the way? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's the, I could easily say, yeah, they would never be there. Right. Know, I don't. Well, you I, don't know, do you? I, I don't suppose. know, but I, I, I know that, you know, I'm very grateful. And I think that Smallville was, you know, certainly one of those shows that spawned like a lot of other. Look at, I mean, there's the Flash and there's the Arrow and there's all these great shows. Yeah. And so would, you know, if, if it wasn't Smallville, it would have been something else. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to say we made a great show and lasted, you know, eight, ten years. And, you know, a lot of people like, especially think about it, CW and WB, WB came to the CW and all, a lot of these shows are now on the CW, yeah. so they go, Smallville worked. What else can work? The Flash, yeah, 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 yeah. Arrow, and then all of a sudden Gotham, like, and all these other different shows on different networks. So, yeah, I will take full credit for it. <laughs> no, no. The creators also, and and Warner Brothers for creating a great show. I think you got to do uh, – one thing I quite enjoy is it's, it's, it's so aside from the art and the craft and all the things we're talking about, but 
what other job could you have done where they'd gone, you know, you get to see what it's like to live as a bald man for this amount of time. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that's, you're getting paid for that stuff. Yeah. And you get to experience it. Like, I had to have a mustache, okay, for Ripper Street. I, I did saw Ripper that. Street. I had a mustache. great with a mustache. Very porn style, I, I but very <laughs> kind of, I liked it. I didn't have it as long as you. I, eight months I had this mustache. Um, and everyone was, I was like, I would never grow a mustache out of my own personal choice. But you know what? I got to do that for eight months. I have his mustache. And but like, imagine shaving cool, your man. head seven years. It was a little Yeah, much. seven years a little After long. a while, it's a little it got, long. Like, I, I, it was all right, but I was I was definitely like, I want my hair back. Yeah, it's a little but, You know, the good thing is, is like Greg Beeman, who's the executive producer and directed a lot, he said one day, he's like, dude, you're the only person that when you grow your hair back, you'll look completely different. And so it was awesome. I go, wow. And that kind of got me through the yeah, next yeah, five yeah, years. Yeah, 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 that's you. <laughs> you know. That helps, yeah. But uh, back to you. Back to you. All right, this is it. Because we get, I mean, see, we get fucking carried away. Oh, yeah. I've got, uh, I'm get back yeah, you, for my you, dinner. You, you got to have a big dinner with. Yeah, uh, anniversary dinner. Uh, question from Matthew from these. Um, these are the last questions. You what can are be these? quick. What? We're going to run these quick. What are these? Uh, people wanted to know online. Oh, okay. Uh, does Matt remember nearly causing a riot in downtown Toronto a few years ago? My boss looked out the window and asked, why is that crowd screaming Neville, hot Neville? Uh, in 2011, it would have been the last time we did a press tour and I was, I, I was sent alone to Toronto and, uh, obscene. they went, they went mad for it. It was, it was mad. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I felt like a beetle for like <laughs> a day. If you could pick a different character to play in Harry Potter, who would it be? Or is there a character you personally relate to more? Uh, not really. Probably ne- Neville was the one I probably related to the most. Um, that was I- I'm actually looking at your little uh, sheet here, so I can think <laughs> sheet, of some. sheet of characters. Um, <laughs> no, I'd say I do. It's not on there, but I uh, I really liked uh, Lupin, Professor Lupin, David Thewlis's character. Yeah. So if you were older, you would have played that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ro- Rob, you had a couple. Uh, yeah. What What did you think of the Fantastic Beast movies? I haven't seen them. But I did meet. I, I went like I say. I went. went set, set, I, met, yeah. I met Eddie. They Eddie were Redman, great. And and he's a great actor. Yeah, superb. Very People nice like guy. that movie. My friend Troy Rudolph. I've talked about. He loves that movie. He was a very nice chap. Yep. Uh, Rachel wants to know. Uh, do you think being in Harry Potter stalled your career in any ways? Um. I mean, that's a, in, uh, silly question. That's a stupid question, Rachel. The, I love you. But fuck. I understand. What, stalled your career. I, it gave yeah, him a career. Yeah, I, I understand what she's I'm saying. I'm gonna answer that for you. I, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting on my in, out here in in the Hollywood Hills chatting to Michael Rosenbaum if I hadn't been in that movie. I mean, that made my that made me it put me on the map, and I was able to do eight super blockbuster movies, and then. I've worked for Warner Brothers a couple of times since then, and they wouldn't have even known who the hell I was if I'd not done that. Are you so. living in Los Angeles now? Yeah, temporarily. Temporarily. Yeah. For how long? Will your home always be in Leeds? Uh, no, I moved away from Leeds. Well, uh, you're in London. Yeah, in London, yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, we're here for a few months. Um, we'll see how it goes. Angela's American, so we'll see. She likes the sunshine, which we don't get a whole lot of in London. Does she ever say, I don't know what you just said. Yeah, all the time. Slow down. Constantly. I remember in the car up to Leeds, he was driving right after we went to the Harry Potter set in what? what where is it again? Watford. 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 See, I couldn't even remember. How do you spell what you're saying? W a t f o r d. Right. He he said we're listening to a song, and he, I go, "Who who is that?" And he goes, "Arctic Monkeys." I'm like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? What would you say? Arctic Ar- Monkeys. The Arctic yeah. Monkeys. I go, "Who?" <laughs> this is before anybody knew who the Arctic Monkeys were. Yeah. Right. And you kept saying it over and over, and I was like, "Slow down." I don't. <laughs> And I could see him getting pissed. I'm like, and I kept asking him. Constantly. She um, constantly. That's out of my car right now. You love that the they're going to be, they're gonna be touring this year. That. we got to go see him, man. I'd love to. They're touring this year. How about Depeche Mode in Anaheim? Would you go to that? You like <laughs> yeah. Do you like him? <laughs> yeah. I'll get his tickets. That's old school, man. Not you, Rob. You don't like Depeche Mode. 
This this has been a real treat. I mean, I could talk to you for hours because it's just easy. It, fe- it feels like yeah, you know, right. It is. Did you have fun today? Yeah, man. It was quite, I can't believe that we're out of time. Yeah, I mean, we're way out of time. This is going to have to be cut down. Yeah, this no one's going to listen to this shit. <laughs> no, this is great. Matthew, David, Lewis, this has been – I mean, this is this is very exciting. I know you're you're a busy guy, and I'm excited to see what you're going to do in the future. I know a lot. you have a ton of fans, and um, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Thanks, man. It was a pleasure to have you inside of me, as usual. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.